Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some 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 good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready, so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others won't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave you know, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. Uh, Lynn Evans, how the devil are you? Pretty good, thanks, for considering the heat. Yes, uh, I met Veal uh when he came to England. Do you remember Don Rutherford, who used to be RFU's uh, coaching director? He yes, was a contemporary yeah. of Pierre, and he invited him over because he was interested in the, this French method of coaching. And I went to uh, Marlow Rugby Club to watch it. And... I was just blown away. I thought, this is something that I haven't seen much of in this country. And it was more like my youth, what I just played. And I saw Vilpra afterwards and said, could I come to learn more? And he said, yes, you come to Toulouse, and uh, where he was teaching and coaching the club. And so that's what happened. Nice. I uh, the, the, the methodology continues in Toulouse, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's something that we've lost our way a little bit. I know you're a great uh, believer in the type of coaching that we're going to talk about. And I think it really opened my eyes when I went to Toulouse because it was a time when Novis was playing, Chave, Jean-Pierre, Reeve. They were, its side was full of internationals. And the week I spent there was the most illuminating I think I'd ever had about coaching rugby. Uh, why do you think we've lost our way? Yeah, I think because uh, <laughs> structure began to become important. The use of uh, coaches, so many coaches, meant that player responsibility was being diluted so that uh, if you have a coach for every aspect of the game at the professional level, uh, there's very little chance of input from players. Well, That's one aspect. Yeah, well, I just shared, uh, I was just on a Zoom with a coach in Australia and I just uh, shared the Australian under-20s 114-page uh, playbook, which may have been taking away player responsibility. Now, and I guess the method, I mean, the way I understand, yeah, look, I agree. Like, I have that debate with lots of people. I understand why people put structures in place. So I do yeah, understand sure. that, like, sometimes it can, it can, it can help. But it also prevents you from seeing certain things. It's often not based around people's strengths. So, Pierre, would, you know, if players are good at, you know, yeah. at certain things, then you would build a game plan around that. Now, if that player wasn't yeah. playing, you might not play the same way. So, I agree. 
Um, well, that's the one aspect, but it's the other aspect of how what you prioritize when you teach and when you coach. And if you use tactical game as the, as the starting point, then the players understand fairly quickly. If you use their structured practices, they don't make too much sense. So what I discovered from Pierre was that by using the game and the game principles, simple some principles, go forward and support, it's pretty clear for the players. And it's the same game of the under 10s as it is for the professional player. There's no difference in the actual principles of the game. It's just a question of experience after that. And so I think if you have Let's have the tactical game prioritized, and then we use practices that are relevant to be able to move the game forward, and then it connects much easier. Yeah, what you said there, two things that struck you know, I would be the same. I would start with tactics and work backwards from that, and then what are the actions that you require, and we can then coach them as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. And the second is like principles of play, like. Like the game is, you know, it's well, it's it's evasion to invade, but like, how do we, how are we going to go forward effectively? What does our support yeah. look like to help us, like, infiltrate yeah. the opposition? And that doesn't change the game at all, really. I guess what does change is like maybe the skill level or the different types of players, but also yeah. the professional game is we just have more time to spend on stuff that's uh, less yeah. important, don't we? Well, you look at the present French team, most of uh, whom's officials, except for Sean Edwards, whose contribution was quite quite important, is that they were all they all played or were involved with Pierre, and now all these brains are coming together, and you're beginning to see a French connection, clubs and national teams, uh, strength in depth, better discipline, and it all starts from. Pierre's ideas, because you probably don't know, he introduced rugby to Tahiti many years ago, and he used this form of the game. And he said whenever he tried structure with them, they just turned off. And that's a very, very strong message for coaches to realise that you it has to be fun as well. as and Even for senior players, it's more fun when you've been challenged, isn't it? Uh, I could give you lots of professional players that are not enjoying what they do. I hate to uh, get to that. And then a couple of other things I was thinking about there as well. And Fletch talks about Pierre Lotz. So uh, clearly, like, there's a – I think uh, France rugby's got its DNA back. So a yes. lot of that DNA is what we're talking about. It's about the life of the ball. Keep You know, the ball is constantly moving on transition, is high-value moments – their, their players are much better at supporting the ball and, and yes. off the ball. So lots of yeah. a big, I guess there's a big emphasis in rugby at the moment around coaching off the ball. And I guess like the reality of wanting to keep the, the ball alive is that like yeah. you, you yeah. have to like be good off the ball. It's interesting that is it, the terminology they're using is also different, Rusty, because he talks about families. Now that's a lovely sort of, Nice, close thing. But a family is really the people who are required to support the ball. It's just the same. But also the terminology, go and help him. It's not specific, but it's enough for the players. What does going to help mean? So you ought to go in there. Look for another 
encouraging the players to look for his support. And without being specific, it means the players have now to make choices. And the use of questioning becomes, as you well know, very, very important. And coaches have to be more empathetic with their players when it comes to that. Yeah, Fletch would, uh, again, I'm going to talk about Fletch because he's heavily influenced by Pierre, but like, I mean, I think what you spoke about there is awareness and decision-making. So actually, yeah. like, questions to build awareness, like, how could you help this person? Or, like, um, who could help you here? Or, uh, and how? And, and then it's, like, decision-making, actually, like, like, you know, freeze, like, which of which of your relatives? So I think if I'm, like, clearly, like, the closer you are to the ball, your brothers and sisters, like, I, I think if I remember right, then you might be cousins, and then you might be, like... yeah. The, the the uncle you never speak Just to. Just an uncle who you only see every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's this sort of approach is so so important. And also in the questioning, it may be you say, well, if that similar situation occurred, what might you do next? And then you're getting the player's idea. And that is so important that coaches have to understand what is the players are thinking because it's not what we're thinking is important. And what I found with Pierre, he had this wonderful capacity to to link everybody. Do you remember when they won the um, the final against the All Blacks in the World Cup at Twickenham? Uh, they were under pressure because John Oluma was creating havoc. And uh, so Pierre said at halftime, Look, they had problems at the back with the fullback and John Alumu being able to be mobile and turn quickly. So they turned to a kicking game. And that's broke the uh, dominance of New Zealand. And then they could revert to their, their greater handling game. So tactically, that's so important to recognise in the game. And if we don't have the players who can make those decisions on the field, and we're seeing this with England, aren't we, that... They seem restricted, whereas the French are adapting much more quickly. And when that happens at the age of 20s, where you were involved, how important is that? Well, we want skillful, adaptable players. And like we want teams that can set tactical problems for opponents that they can't like overcome in 80 minutes. And, and again, and also be able to tactically adapt, as you described, like... We've we've noticed this, so as a result, we're going to change what we do to this, and yeah. and, and and within all of this, like expertise is in the eyes. So yeah. good questioning around, like what are you seeing? Where are you looking? Like which players do you think? As you said, if if we had that situation again, but let's move this defender here. Like, is there a different yeah. option you might take there? Um, yes, I think it's like, and again, I'm going to lead on to the uh, the Pierre coming over, like. I think it's taken me quite a while to get to that stage as a coach. I think it's really hard. And so let's go back to our first question around like I think the easy option is to like give structure. Yeah. Oh, of course it is. I mean, I would love it. You you're obviously busy with your programs, but I'd love you to be involved, you know, within this system because I know the way you approach the game. And I think we have to have to start more of our game in movement. Too often it starts from static situations, which is not really ideal because it's when the game is moving that things are constantly changing. But if you do it from, and I've been to pro clubs, uh, not recently, but in a few years ago, and 
Oh, yeah, they said, well, we do uh, gameplay. But they all started from line notes and scrums. And well, I said, well, that's not exactly what we're after. <laughs> There's a lot that happens in between there. <laughs> and that's a challenge. And coaches have to be prepared to be patient, to learn, because it's not easy. The present, I'll give you a story. The present coach at um, Kingham Hill is, a, is an ex-Sandhurst guy, good guy. Uh, but he hadn't had any experience in his coaching. And after the first session, he went home and his wife said, how did the rugby go? Oh, he said it was chaotic. Well, I couldn't have had a better praise than, than that. <laughs> but then, he, then the problem was trying to learn how to do it. And that's a longer process, as you know. It's a longer process, like being comfortable to coaching. Let's call it dynamic, not chaotic situations. Chaotic might freak some people out. And again, like even if we, again, we talked about starting from the game, like the reality of the game is there are some fixed up points. So there are some lineups and scrums, but there's way more like uh, unstructured play or transition moments or. I, I agree. I mean, I think that I used the word chaotic because that was his mind that it looked like that, you know, because he was used to structure. And, uh, of course, uh, it's trying to get that through the players really takes the time. And when you have new players coming into a group that have done it, it, it really almost, you almost have to start again. That is a must because it's a collective understanding that is the challenge. Nice. So Pierre's dusted off his passport. He's coming yeah. over to England. Um, when, where, um, what's happening? Like, give yeah. me some, uh, give me some information, please. Yeah. Look. Okay. He's. Uh, I, I was over in France for his course recently, a place called Lubassac near Pompidou, and I, I'd invited him long before that, and uh, so he's coming over with three of his coaches from. Uh, work with him and he's been picked up at uh, St Pancras and been transported to Kingham Hill School which is a small independent school situated as it is on the hill beautifully set overlooking the Cotswolds and from there we have got uh, players in three age groups under 12 under 14 and under 16 with coaches and uh, all the infrastructure around to run a course in a school and the idea is that we're using this first visit by Pierre because <laughs> next year he turns 80. We must be the oldest co combined coaching. I was going to say, so Lynn, you coached with me at Molesford like it was a couple of years ago now. And I, I think you were like 80 or 81 then, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit more. Because <laughs> yeah, <like>, <laughs> I always wonder how long I can wear shorts for. And you're uh, I've still got another 30-odd years to catch up. I, well, I know, but the thing is, somebody complained, said, you shout a bit. Yeah, and I said, my voice can travel faster than I can, I said. So <laughs> I have to shout. But when you've got younger coaches with you, um, I think you might know, having two rugby balls available uh, when you're coaching this time, I watched Pierre doing it. It was really interesting. And how he has evolved the game since 20 years ago. 20 years ago, you'd have had practices for forwards and practices for backs. No, that's gone. It's no practices for players uh, because of the adaptability of the game is changing. But the principles he works with are still the same. And he's such a great guy. I mean, I'm so lucky to be able to meet him and uh, 
learned so much from him because France at that stage, he was one of the PE teachers with advanced uh, qualifications were employed by the French government, so they have a different status. So he was in a school near Toulouse, and in the late 70s, they sent a team to New Zealand, French. Of that, from that school, there were 17 players who had been under field prison. Oh, that's incredible. And that's why France at that time were playing this sort of rugby. And he also has been to, as I said, mentioned to Tahiti to introduce the game and Mauritius. And he says within an hour of these boys who've never played the game, you would recognize a game of rugby. Now, I believe that's massive proof. And from my point of view, I also did a, uh, an experiment uh, to see whether there was a, a difference between the two sorts of coaches. And we did this under the guidance of uh, uh, the RFU. And we did a school called Molesford, which is an independent uh, prep school, and had two groups, one using structure, one using more gameplay tactical. And we had a university at Brooks and Oxford doing some research on the conversations the players were having. And what we found at the end of it, in brief terms, that the structured game, when they played, they scored their tries from set moves, and the other team scored their tries from broken play. And their answers to the questions were much more, or oh, we're trying to penetrate and support, while the others were talking about improvement in specific skills. And, of course, this plays in the players' minds, doesn't it? And it's the way they then push that back onto the field. And Pierre said the same when he went to Tahiti. So I think there is some evidence as well that this is an effective way of coaching. Nice, and uh, Pierre gets all the good gigs, eh? Tahiti, Mauritius, um, Molesford School. Um, so he's arriving He's arriving at the weekend. When does your camp start? And then and, and right. how can coaches find out about it? Right. Um, it's on Instagram. Uh, I haven't got the details. Oh, my, Lynn, no way you are on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> I have no idea how to use Instagram. I, I, I need games. I'll find the link. Again. I'll get the link and I'll put it on the on the show notes. I, I'll, I'll get all of the link from uh, one of the guys. I'll get it to you. And um, the it starts on the twenty first. That's a week today in the at lunchtime, and it's at Kingham Hill School in Oxfordshire, near Chipping Norton. Um, they. The guy who's uh, dealing with a guy called Ben Hutchins, he lives in Kent, to show how dispersed we are. And um, it's five, six days of coaching. Uh, they can be day uh, attendees or they can be in residence in a beautiful place. We've got a swimming pool, we've got swimming, uh, climbing wall, sports centre, uh, lots of uh, old type houses, you know, where they, the children stay normally. So they'll be well looked after and get, this is the first UK Le Plaisir de Mouvement uh, that's gone on. So it's pretty special. And I know it's very short time, but if parents and players are looking at something, that's another thing, sorry to say, but 
concussion these days, you know, we've got to be aware that if we look for a game that is about evasion and creativity, we don't emphasize the contact in that respect, although we will cover safety in contact in warm-ups and so we can protect the, the players better. But it's just a sheer joy of being a creative player and a group player that Pierre will emphasize. And every day he will do, on the four days he's there, he's going to do two sessions on the theory of, of the system. So it, it's, it's a, it could be interesting for coaches as well as for players. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will be. And I, I endorse what you say there. I think attack coaches have got a, a lot to answer for with concussion. Like, yeah. players are just, like, running in. Why would you run into two or three defenders? Like, I think it's pretty strange. And uh, and if my French is correct, le plaisir de mouvement is, like, the pleasure of movement. And I think you're talking more about invasion and merci bien, monsieur, about uh, uh, finding space and penetrating as opposed to running into brick walls. And, yeah, which is how our game's supposed to be played, really. Yeah. But, I mean, it got lost in translation a little bit at oh, times. Très bien, Mr. Rusty. <laughs> One good story. Though. Pierre came to help me coach at Oxford. Uh, very interesting. And halfway through a session, he only started, uh, he said, can we go into the changing room? Because I, I'd like to say something to the players. So in we go. And, uh, and I'll try my English French. He said, listen to me, boys. When you want to leave this changing room, which way do you have to go? And there is PhD in Prudential. And uh, this guy, Coveney, who is a son of the foreign minister in Ireland now, there's some quite incredible people say, oh, Pierre, I think you mean that we go through the door? Yes, he said. But why on the field do you run into the wall? Oh, you are a sea change room. Says, put their heads in their hands. <laughs> There's a lot of people running into brick walls in professional rugby, would be my view, that they don't need to run into. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Look, I think that's a good shout-out for parents as well. Like, we definitely want to – and we would be the same, actually. So, with our Seba camps, like, we are coaching, like, safety and contact. And the kids are going, can we do more contact? And I'm like, you're kind of doing it. You just don't know. We've hidden it like – we've hidden it like vegetables. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mate, that's awesome. So, look, if any, that's uh, that's any kind of kids that want to come along, any yeah, parents it, or coaches real. that want to come and hang. Yeah, and it's like your courses. There's no level. We take anybody. And look, and and I'll get all the details and I'll put them on the bottom of the pod. And if uh, okay. anyone wants to reach out, uh, is there? Have you got like an email, Lynn? Do you do, you do email? Yeah. Have you got email? What's yeah, your email, yeah, email yeah. address? Yeah, I, yes, I'm not completely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lynn Evans, if you've got my name, 47 at gmail.com. 47 because that's your age. Yeah, that's correct. Mentally, <laughs> I've always been wrote about there, you know. <laughs> Who's that in the background? <laughs> that's my daughter banging her toe, so uh, it's very good. Oh, give her my regards. <laughs> now, look, Lynn, thanks so much, and I'll, <clears throat> we'll get this out there, and uh, yeah, hopefully some coaches will... Uh, Come and uh, hang oh, out with us next Very week. kind of you. Yeah. Uh, and we'll hopefully catch up soon and uh, have a longer chat. Oh, by the way, sorry, I forgot to mention Bob Reeves is coming over. You know, Bob from Bristol. Yeah, Bob's uh, coming over. He's doing a session on uh, developing leadership skills. 
Okay, nice. Bob loves Bob loves a bit of Pierre Pierre Vilper as well, doesn't he? Right, cool. Have an awesome day. We'll catch up soon. Lovely, lovely to speak to you. Cheers, mate. Bye bye.